confused about Facebook ad types, not sure which ones to use, not sure which ones not to use, then keep listening. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus in on a different marketing method. This month it's Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. In the first four episodes of this five-part series on Facebook ads, we've been focusing on different ways to up your creative game to improve your ads. We've been looking at empathy and how to work out which emotions to work with. We've looked at video formats. We've looked at what to put in your images. We've looked at it from multiple different angles, even going deep into the founder story ad type. In this episode, we're going a little back to basics because there are multiple different ad types that you can now do on Facebook ads. And I find that Sometimes it's a bit confusing to know how to use them or where to use them or what to focus on to make them work for you. And there's several which seem really sexy and cool. Should we be using those? Because they take quite a bit of effort to set up. Well, we're going to go through them one by one, starting off with the ones that most people are using and most people should be using. And then we're going to go right the way through to the crazy new formats um, that you probably shouldn't be using. Spoiler alert there. That's what we're exploring in this episode with our regular guest, Becky Hopkin from Digital Gearbox. We're going to meet her in a second, but before we do, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Facebook ads expert, Becky Hopkin. Becky runs my favorite ad agency, Digital Gearbox. As well as doing great work for a number of e-commerce brands, they also run our ads across Google, Facebook, and Reddit. Hello, Becky. Hello, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm excited to be talking to be talking to you about Facebook ads because we 90% of the time we just talk Google ads. So it's kind of cool to have you here exploring the other half of what you guys do. So um, I don't think I've ever asked you this on the podcast before. So we'll start off with how did you get into Facebook ads? Oh, good question. Uh, Let me think back. I think essentially we as an agency just had a few clients many moons ago who when Facebook ads started popping up as a thing the targeting options available on Facebook at the time were quite appealing and it was just obviously with Facebook usage being so high it was just another opportunity to allow us to reach our target markets for our clients in a different way because obviously Facebook I say obviously Facebook doesn't have any Google ad space on it it's got its own native advertising platform um so the only way to reach those people whilst they're spending all those hours on Facebook 
many moons ago was to do Facebook ads. So, yeah, we we started doing it as an extension to a lot of Google ads campaigns a good few years ago. It's quite funny because quite often we do still start on Google and it is the next thing we try. But at the same time, that's not always the case. Um, and Facebook as an ad platform is one of the global leaders. Um, and sometimes we do start on Facebook now. It really depends on the on the product and the client that we're working with and whether there's actually any search traffic out there because you can be a lot more creative on Facebook than you can with Google, which I guess is what we're going to dive into next. It is indeed. And in terms of how long you guys have been doing Facebook ads, I left Digital Gearbox in 2017, very early 2017. And we've been doing it for a few years by then. Mm -hmm. So it must be coming on, I think you could say almost a decade. Yeah, I was going to say that, but then it felt like such a long time. <laughs> I just want to make that claim, but I'm glad you said that, Chloe. I was like, I should ask you how we started doing it. But... Yeah, well, because it's five and a half years since I left the business and we've been doing it for two or three years prior to that, which would take you up to eight and a half. I reckon you can claim a nearly 10. Awesome. I will start claiming that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say, as authorised by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, let's get let's get into creative. Our whole month has been about upping the creative game because there's so much more op- opportunity there than there is on tweaking your targeting these days on Facebook. So why is it important, just before we get into the different ad formats that we can use, why is it important to understand these different ad types before you start plotting your activity on Facebook ads? I think it's important to know what options are available to you because so you can make the right decision in terms of your ad setup. It's also going to allow you to think more broadly with the assets you've got and how you can most effectively utilise them. So, yeah, I think everyone kind of sees Facebook ads from time to time and there's kind of the more common ones that I'm sure we will start with. But then there are some kind of ninja level ones that even I have very little to none experience in, but it's good to know they're out there. And I mean, a big part of Facebook optimization is in refreshing the ad creative. Um, it's not like Google where you can use the same search ads for quite a long time. You do need to keep refreshing your ad um, content because, if especially if you've got high um, frequency scores, these people are seeing them over and over. And if they're not responding, then you want to be refreshing that creative to keep to keep people engaged. So, yeah, that is why. Excellent. I'm glad you mentioned the ninja side of things. I think often the person who's running their own Facebook ads or they're dealing with an agency, they can feel like, why aren't we using everything? Why aren't we using everything? And actually, deploying everything is not necessarily the best idea. But we'll we'll come back to that a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Facebook ad that we all use all the time, which is the single image ad. Can you quickly explain what those are? Yeah. So these are the the classic Facebook ads. They allow you to upload a single photo, um, which is typically a JPEG or a PNG. And you can show off your product, service or brand in that single image. It's not just made up of an image. You get the opportunity to add your headline and your promotional text as well. Um, And there's also a lovely call to action button, if you so wish, um, which you direct to either a website or a lead form, depending on what you're doing there. Simple as that, everyone. These are the ads you see 
all the time on Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. What key things should we know to set ourselves up for success when we put together single image ads? Um, So having good, high quality, high res images is important. So Facebook will identify when you upload an image if something is blurry or pixelated and and the quality could be compromised. Um, I think something that there's still a bit of confusion around um, that I was actually speaking about with a client last week is the amount of text you can put on these images now, because you might remember um, a few years ago, Facebook had a rule of thumb where they had a little grid and if you had text, I can't even remember the percentage, but... It was 20%. It's ingrained in my memory, that annoying (laughs) rule. (laughs) See, I I blocked out because it's no longer there and you can put as much text as you like, though they do still recommend that you, I mean, this is the image part of your ad. You have the opportunity to add text around it. So you do want to use text wisely. You don't want a written essay as an image, um, but you can convey the key offer um, that you're trying to push now without any text limitations. So, yeah, no wall of text. And you want to make sure that really this image is going to capture people's attention. So I'd say you want to be avoiding um, images that are too stocky. As in they look like stock images. Yes, yes. Not well-built yes, people. Not, <laughs> not, not well-built, no. Um, because you're, I mean, with with Facebook ads, you're, this is interruptive um, push marketing rather than, uh, sorry, pull marketing rather than push marketing. So you, you want something that's going to stop people in their tracks as they're flicking through their feed, looking at what their friends are doing. Um, I'm sure we'll get onto this when we're talking about video ads, but we hear a lot about the video ads in that the more kind of handheld, grainy TikTok style ads, real world video ads, seem to work better than highly polished TV ad style video. Is there any of that in image? Can we get away with scrappier images or should we go for well put together, more polished images? I think it depends. It depends on what you're you're promoting, Chloe. It's something definitely to test. In terms of of optimising these, you want to be testing different styles so you might be testing a, a clean product shot versus a nice application. You might be testing a selfie in your warehouse. You want to be trying different things. So um, it's, the answer is going to be different for different um, companies. But as long as it's not too blurry or pixelated and, and Facebook detects that the quality is okay, that's what's important. Um, and also we recommend, or Facebook recommends uh, using the aspect ratios that they require. So these images will go on different placements that have different sizes and there's generally three aspect ratios that they want your image ads to fit into. You can crop a single image and as long as it's a, a croppable sounds obvious a comparable image you can do that but if you are if you have got a nicely designed image banner that has got text on letting uh, Facebook crop it for you can often make it look not as professional as one would like so um, you want to be designing three different sizes to fit in those different aspect ratios as well. So it's worth us design especially if we're putting text on it it's worth us creating our own images and adding each of those three sizes up yeah. as we go. Yeah. And um, what are those those three aspect ratios or sizes? So there's there's three different aspect ratios to work to. There's for the feeds and in-stream videos, this applies for video as well, it's the one-to-one. 
to the square. Then for stories, reels, apps and sites, it's 9 to 16. And for the right-hand column, search results and instant articles, it's 1.91 to 1. But thankfully, when uh, when you go through the, Google, uh, the Facebook ads setup process, when you upload an image, it will show you those aspect ratios. So if you've uploaded one image, if you go with a start with a square, perhaps, actually probably easier if you start with um, the landscape because it's easier to crop that into a square, um, it will tell you the other ones that you need and you can upload and replace the different sizes as you go. Okay, so we've got one to one, nine to 16 and 1.91 yes. to one. Very specific. <laughs> Terribly specific numbers there. So there you go, everyone. That's that's the sizes we want. So uh, we want to have those high resolution images. Be sure that the it's actually showing off what we should be showing off about our business. Test different styles and make sure if we really want to make it work for us, we've taken control of those three aspect ratios for ourselves. That's right. So as these are, you know, you can't just do a text ad on Facebook. So image ads are often the easiest place for people to start, aren't they? So if you were creating a new campaign, would you start testing image? Is it a good place to test a new idea? Um, it is. It, it depends where you are in your marketing journey, to be honest, because if you've already got some nice video, a really great place to start is testing video versus an image to see how people respond to those two different things. And then you can invest more time in making nicer video or making nicer images um generally people do have images before they have any form of video content so um it is a great place to start but i would say as, as we move on to talk about video that video um engagement rates do tend to be higher so it's whether you want to spend that little bit of extra time up front getting just some basic video in place on the expected benefit that you will get a better engagement rate or if you want to test some different messaging quickly with image first to give you a starting point. It's a lot easier to edit an image than it is a video at the end of the day. It is but it it can be very easy these days to pick up a smartphone and talk into um, to do a 30 second video clip as well so it depends where your skills lie and what your team is like in terms of creating images but in terms of basic uh, without any text on you can get a good feel as to whether product application or team photo um, whether that kind of approach is the best one for your Facebook ads or not. Okay, Becky, let's move into the world of video ads. So just like we ran through with the image ads, the key things we need to get right, what are the key things we need to get right with our video ads? So, yeah, with these, again, it's all about creating something eye-catching that's going to show your offering and really capture people's attention in a busy, busy feed. Um, so we recommend keeping the video short. People don't go to Facebook to watch full documentaries. You want short, consumable content that will engage and maintain your audience's attention. Um, so you want to be keeping things concise and to the point. Uh, you want to be using closed captions. So if your video is featuring audio that's describing what's going on or anything in addition to that, you want to be making sure you're including subtitles. The good thing with Facebook is you don't need to necessarily do that, um, have that SRT subtitle file in advance of uploading. Uh, Facebook will help you create 
one whilst you're uploading the video, which is quite a cool feature. Um, and it's just to make sure that people can understand you fully. Um, a lot of people go on Facebook in busy places. So you, if you're there talking to people, you want to make sure that they can digest what you're saying. Um, and you want to start with the most important messaging first. You have about five seconds to grab people's attention. Um, so you need to have a, a key killer message to start off with as well. Cool. And you mentioned about the, the subtitles or the closed captions, depending on which side of the Atlantic you live. Um, and the fact we need to make it really, really solid, really, really solid, hooky start to it, keep it short. Do these need to be, we talked about image ratios for the uh, images. Do the videos need to be a specific ratio? We, do we do vertical or portrait? Do we do horizontal? Yeah, it's exactly, exactly the same as the image ones I just said. So um, these placements can pretty much go in the same places as the image. So exactly the same ratios as, as previously done. So you need to be careful where you're putting those um, captions, uh, those subtitles when you're uploading the video, because that's the bit you don't want to cut off. So in an ideal world, we'd create a one by one, a nine by 16, a 1.91 to one, three videos is this a safer one to let Facebook rejig for you if you're kind of new to video editing and you're just giving this the first go? Absolutely. And um, again, with the captions, because if you do it on Facebook, Facebook will move it around in the right place for you as well. So it is safer to put more trust in Facebook. Excellent. Well, that's, that's a top tip. So don't worry, guys. This is a lot easier to cope with than the image ads with the different sizes. Uh, you can just create it and, and load it up. And I guess the recommendation would be to go horizontal for your video creation if you're only doing the one format? So start with what you've got. It doesn't particularly matter um, because Facebook will pad it out either side. Um, so if it's a landscape, it will add some padding to some gray background on your story or reel. Um, and then it's probably a better use of your time to look at the data to see whether you're getting more in stream video plays or story and reel video plays. And then if you need to adjust and you want to go after more stories and reels than you can produce um, in the landscape or portrait, depending on which one's performing better. Cool. Thank you for that. And then obviously we're, we're not just seeing a video. We've still got all that text around it, the call to action button, the headline, et cetera, with our video ads. Um, do we also need to, I know from loading up videos to YouTube, it's a great idea to add a thumbnail. So you're in charge of what that first view is. Do we, do we get that option with Facebook ads? Should we care about that? Or is it just about getting the, the text around it right? Um, I'd say it's more important to get the text around it right. You do get the choice of a thumbnail. Um, from memory day, you don't get to upload one. Um, so it gives you, it will look at the, the whole length of the video and it will give you a choice of maybe five. Um, so by all means, choose the most... Uh, appropriate one it will start with normally the first frame so think about what your first frame is um, I think it also gives you the last frame as an option um, and then a couple in between so it's less important uh, what's more important is the um, the messaging around and having those subtitles on excellent okay and you mentioned earlier that testing between video ads and image ads is a great thing to do to see which one works best for your audience. Mm -hmm. Are there any, I guess, stages during the, the buying journey or types of things where you would definitely use video or where you would avoid video? 
Um, no, because it depends on, on the context of your video. I mean, having social proof um, via video, that's kind of the golden grail of people that are considering you having video content of other people going, yeah, this product's great, is obviously um, going to have a lot of impact. But at the same time, as I said earlier, video ads do tend to get a bit more engagement. So if you've got some um, just general compelling brand awareness videos that you can use at the top of the funnel, that's also great. So it really depends on what you've got available um, as to choosing what to test. But what is quite cool that I should have said as well is if you don't have um, any video available, you can still do some testing with video content because Facebook have a really cool tool that allows you to turn images into engaging videos. I say engaging, it's kind of like a slideshow format. Um, but they do give you some um, creative input in that you can add some text onto the video um, and you can choose kind of how it transitions between images. So video isn't just for people that have video already ready. You can, if you've got a selection of image assets, you can think about how you could turn that into a video slideshow um, as, a, as a way of engaging people in a different way. Which is totally worth doing because what you know there's there's some fundamental differences not just in what someone sees between how image and video ads are treated on Facebook they get shown to different people at different times they're treated differently by the algorithm hence why it's worth testing them against each other and of course the other thing you get with videos is you can capture an audience of people who've watched your video which you can't do with the images so even if you think well, until I can do proper, proper, proper videos, I'm not going to test it. Mm-hmm. You're closing yourself off to some of the market if you're not giving video a go, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. And I just think it's it's the perfect way, particularly with e-commerce, if you've got multiple products, it's um, one of the easiest ways just to have a little slideshow of the products that you have. And even having, it allows you to, to see where the drop-off is as well. Um, so if people aren't engaging with certain messaging you can get additional data there if they're dropping off after you've said a certain thing and you can try different hooks at the beginning of your video as another way of testing messaging at the beginning you mentioned there were a couple of ninja formats of ads which i think we're just gonna cover off very very quickly here everyone because 90 percent of you 95 percent of you shouldn't be using these you're going to get all the results you need the good results if you spend your time optimizing and improving your video and image ads rather than starting to play around and get confused with ever more formats. But we will tell you what they are very, very quickly, just so as you know what's happening. Um, So the first one is the carousel Facebook ad. Um, Becky, can you tell us what these ones look like? Um, Are there any use cases where these are particularly good? Yeah, I'd say Carousel is probably the easiest of the ninja ones we're talking about. Um, so with Carousel ads, you can put uh, two or more images or videos into a single ad. So again, in terms of showcasing your breadth of range, they're, they're quite an exciting format. Um, and I think they're really good if you're trying to push a particular product range. They're particularly good for your marketing purposes, if you've got multiple products within a certain category that you want to, to push. But the great thing about them is that you get to link um, people to those products directly from the different they're called cards. So rather than having to send them to a category page on your website, you can 
target people and push them to specific products that they're interested in. When they see a product they're interested in, they can go directly to that URL. But it doesn't have to be a product specific. You could also try different um, offering messages as, as cards here as well. Um, but they, yeah, they work. We've found, we've tested these quite a lot with e-commerce and I do find uh, particularly for remarketing purposes, um, the carousel ad works really well. So this is the ninja one. We may want to test if we're big on remarketing. Yeah. Um, okay. Next ninja Facebook ad format is the instant experience Facebook ad. So what on earth are these? So this is where you create a full screen experience showcasing your brand products um, directly within Facebook. Um, so rather than having those um, those cards that I was talking about pointing to the different products on your website, it will actually open up a full experience, which is still within the Facebook platform that you brand up, put the different products on. They can then view the products still on Facebook and see the different variables. And then if they're interested, they go onto your website. So it's, it's kind of Facebook trying to keep you on Facebook. Um, I'd say it's got its benefits if you've got poor UX and you want to avoid sending people to your website for any reason to showcase what you've got available. It's quite a nice format that they have. Um, and you also get some unique reporting metrics on that. So it's time, uh, the time people are viewing the products, view percentage, etc. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of setup there, which is what makes this one more of a ninja one and why people choose not to do that. Yeah, it's a lot of investment and it stops them from getting to your website, which may, of course, impact other things you're doing. Um, and then the final one is the collection Facebook ads. Yeah, so these are the super fancy ones um, where they'll have a cover image or a video alongside a collection of products underneath. So you'll get kind of imagine a video ad mixed with a carousel ad. So these, again, is Super Ninja, um, but they're obviously very engaging if you see them. To be honest with you, I rarely see collection ads. Um, so I think there's a lot of people that struggle with the setup involved in doing it. But they're great for driving discovery um, and engagement. It's a very seamless experience and it's a great way to highlight your product catalog. So I, I imagine if you had the technical expertise, it would also be great for remarketing purposes. Um, and it's quite good if you've got a product that's focused kind of in the lifestyle market. So if you're selling cars or high-end fashion, it's a really um, great way to really visually engage people. And these ones like um, the instant experience ads, they hold the customer on Facebook for a lot longer, don't they? They create more of the experience on Facebook before they get through to your website. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. We made it through all the ad types. We're now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of Facebook ads. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 
Okay, Becky, so far we've gone deep into the ad campaign types. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Facebook ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Facebook ads, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Becky, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Okay, I'm going to go with one that's kind of a more of a bugbear if you're ever going to partner with other agencies. Um, and that is in relation to actually the setup, which is also important for your own, for anyone who's keeping it in house, actually. Facebook setup is horrendously complex, much more complex than it needs to be. And I think getting it right in the first place will give you a good chance of success, whether you're doing it in-house or not. And by setup, I'm talking about having a Facebook ad account that is associated with a Facebook business account for your business that is linked correctly to your page, your Instagram account, that is housing data sources like your catalog and pixel all within it. One of the things that Facebook's become very clunky at is if people have boosted posts from their page, for example, that then creates a business suite, which is different to a business account. And then it can get very complex trying to find things like your pixel and trying to link up your catalog. Um, so you want to make sure that you are starting, if, if you decide, yes, I'm a business, that you have a Facebook business account and that you're setting up an ad account that is easily associated with that and is housing everything in that business account. It will just make your life a lot easier. Yes, there are there are bad routes that you can end up going down in the world of Facebook ads if you're unlucky with it all. Um, yeah. So definitely get it set up for set up right at the beginning. Um, yeah. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So, what's your favorite way to improve performance? Um, so with Facebook, it's really about keeping those ads updated and fresh. As I said, uh, the the ad frequency become for a lot of people become a problem and you need to be refreshing these ads often. Um, so you want to be testing different things, whether it's the ad type, testing image ad versus a video ad, for example. But then once you've decide, discovered what works, you want to be testing variants of those. So different videos, different images, different call to action buttons can make a world of difference. And then also not forgetting that creative around the image or the video or the carousel. Um, so there's lots of things you can just keep tweaking, run them alongside each other, get significant data, move on, update the creative. Excellent. And um, anyone who's going, oh my gosh, I need to create extra videos. As we learned in our last episode on the video front, that might be you just change the first five seconds of that video. or You just mm -hmm. change the call yeah. to action at the end. It's not a whole 30 second video you need to come up with. Um, now, if someone listening wants to learn more about Facebook ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Facebook help is pretty good, but it, it can be confusing. I do like the Ad Espresso blog by Hootsuite. I think their they're kind of how-to help guides are very useful. You just have to be very careful with anything Facebook-wise that's on Facebook's own help or any external ones that uh, you're looking at recent guides because it's changing all the time. It changes month to month. And so many times I've tried to follow a... Uh, a step-by-step -step guide for Facebook and it's completely different to what it is now. But generally, yeah, Ad Espresso or Facebook help will be the places I look to first. 
I'm going to add one in as well here, which is if you haven't checked out the Facebook ad library, which is Facebook's free resource for going and looking at everyone else's ads, then um, that's somewhere you can go and see which formats your competitors are using, what they're doing, what the leading lights are doing. So I highly recommend going and checking that out to see what other people are up to, how they're using the images, how they're using the videos. It's a phenomenal resource, which I I find too many people going, oh my God, and writing it down when I'm doing presentations where I mention it. So I have to mention that one in this episode. (laughs) Okay, Becky, now I've jumped in and added a top tip within yours. It's time for your last um, insider tip, which is finally crystal ball time. What is coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? It's really hard because Facebook, like I say, keep adding and changing things all the time. But I do know that they are expanding their customer acquisition tools. Um, so it's not just thinking um, revenue. It's thinking how you can get new customers on and new people engaging with you. Um, so they're adding things like the quote request option for Instagram. So businesses will be able to add a get quote button to their profile, which will really help. They're doing more with partner integrations. Um, I know so that you can push lead information directly into your CRM. So you want to be thinking about how you can integrate your, your sales team with your Facebook marketing activities a little bit more. Um, they're doing more with forms, making them easier to create and personalize as well. So if you've if you've used forms, uh, lead forms on Facebook before, perhaps now's the time to revisit them because you can do some fancier things with them. Um, and you can also add things like multiple choice questions now, which you couldn't do previously. So there's a whole host of new acquisition tools coming in. So I think in terms of the general advice for the next six to 12 months is thinking more about kind of what you can do with Facebook for the, particularly for the top of funnel people in terms of lead generation, capturing people for you to, well, ways of capturing that first party data, because as we all know, third party data is going away. So the more first party data we can collect now, the the better position we'll be in for next year. Yeah. And I think I've said this on every single one of these podcast episodes this month is that Facebook are desperately trying to get all the power back so that your ads are great again after all the iOS 14, all those um, those privacy issues and this, and they are regularly releasing new ways for you to improve the performance you're getting. So you really want to be keeping an eye on what's new and on uh, resources like the Ad Espresso blog that, um, that Becky mentioned to find out how those who are at the front line, who've got millions and millions that they're spending in budget, are finding these new tools. So um, Becky, that's awesome advice. Thank you. We are now nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let listeners know where they can find you and your business? Sure. So we are digitalgearbox.co.uk. You can find us there. Um, We're also on all the social platforms at Digital Gearbox. And you can find me personally on LinkedIn if you search for Becky Hopkin. Excellent. Well, look, thank you, Becky, so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast and taking us through the nuts and bolts of the Facebook ad types. It's been hugely useful. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Chloe. 
Well, there you have it, your guide to the key ad types on Facebook ads. And just another reminder, a little kind of warning. Yes, the last three we mentioned, they're kind of sexy, they're kind of new, they're kind of interesting. Facebook's talking about them a lot. You'll see some amazing case studies and blog posts about them. But the majority of businesses right now are getting their results on Facebook by focusing on getting their image ads right, tweaking and tweaking and tweaking, and getting those video ads right. So if you only focus on those for the rest of this year, even the whole of next year, you are probably, uh, this year, you're definitely in the right space, going into next year, quite probably in the right space too. So don't worry too much about those those more difficult ones. They are not necessarily going to be worth the time or energy to set it up to get you those good results. Now you get links to all the things we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com or you can use our new special direct to episode links. Yes, you can just put keepopt.com forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page on the website. And we have set that up for every single episode right from day one. Once you get to the website, I highly recommend adding yourself to our email list because that's often where we put things for the very first time. It's often where our announcements go out and we share a lot of advice and tips via our emails too. And when you're on the website, if you go to our Q&A webinar page, you can sign up to our Facebook ads live Q&A session. Our guests from this month will be joining me live to answer your Facebook ad questions. So please do sign up for that at keepoptimizing.com. Thank you a lot, a huge amount for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. Our whole set of episodes, five whole episodes in this masterclass about Facebook ads is now live. So please do have a listen to them all because they're all about upping your creative game, which is where the results are coming from right now on Facebook ads. And then make sure you tune in next Wednesday when we will be starting our series of four shows about partnership marketing. We'll be exploring the different types of things you can partner with. And the reason we're covering this is because partnerships can be a really cost-effective way to get great customer acquisition. So it can be a lower CPA and it can bring you the best possible customers. And sometimes it can bring you huge volume as well. And as we go into what's probably going to be an interesting autumn with the cost of living crisis, recession, et cetera, et cetera, going on, then we need to be exploring these more focused, more high ROI marketing methods. So that's what we're doing next month. To make sure you get those episodes, make sure you're subscribed to us or following us on your favorite podcast player. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in these topics or just improving their e-commerce marketing generally, let them know we're going to be covering these as this show exists to help you and them improve their marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode Can I so I can help you even to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.